Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. episode, I feature gallerist Rakeb Sile. She co-founded Addis Fine Art, creating the first white cube gallery space for modern and contemporary art in Ethiopia. Since then, the business has grown to become one of the leading galleries in Africa, establishing a prominent international platform for artists from the Horn of Africa. The gallery has spaces in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and London, having recently moved into expanded premises in London, opening a two-story gallery space in the heart of Fitzrovia. With her background in management consulting, Rakeb was well-placed to take charge of the gallery's commercial operations. Since 2016, they have participated in fairs in Africa and beyond, among them Freeze London and New York, The Armory Show, and Art Basel. Rakeb was also recently chosen as one of the Apollo magazine's 40 Under 40 Africa in 2020, a project dedicated to 40 of the most influential and talented people in the art world born or based in Africa. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast and enjoy this episode featuring gallerist Rakeb Sile. Rakeb, welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm delighted to feature you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. Great. When did you recognize your love of the visual arts? I started um, collecting, I would say, around 15 years ago. Visual arts wasn't really my first career choice. So I was a management consultant to begin with. But um, as I grew a little bit older, I really wanted to see visual arts and my culture specifically um, around me. So um, I'm Ethiopian by heritage and I would travel back to Ethiopia from London where I live often. And, um, you know, just casually, I would start going to studios and buying art here and there. But it was really a broader um, appreciation of the culture from um, where I came from. And, And when did you start the gallery? The gallery started... As an idea, I would say around 10 years ago, um, Addis Fine Art as a concept started about 10 years ago, but the gallery itself, the physical space, was opened in January of 2016 in Addis Ababa. So um, I would say it was a journey, you know, from being a collector, from finding a mentor to really teach me about the art that I was collecting, um, who then became a collaborator and then a business partner. And then uh, now we have two spaces, one in Ethiopia and one in London. So it's been, a, I would say, a decade worth of a journey. Mm-hmm. It must be wonderful. Are there any particular artists that influenced you early on? 
Um, yes, I would say once I met Masai Halilu, who is um, the person that really became a mentor, now a business partner in this endeavor. Once I met him, you know, and uh, we started going through our respective collections. One person that really kind of stood out was an artist called Tadisa Mesfin, who is um an educator. Um, he has lived and worked in Ethiopia all of his life and uh, spent 35 years at the art school, at the Ali School of Fine Art and Design in Addis Ababa, teaching pretty much most of the, our roster, if you like, now. Um, and I remember meeting him for the first time with Masai at his home studio and just being blown away by his history, his work, his humility, and just like, you know, his in this incredible giant of, a, of an artist just being and working in complete obscurity. So I think really, I would say he really sparked this urgency um, in me to create something that would really allow for his work to be seen and for him to um, be um, appreciated in a much wider, much wider sense. That's wonderful. And what type of relationship do you like to have with the artists that you work with closely? Masai and I were lucky in that um, Masai has, you know, spent much longer than me working with the artists um, from Ethiopia. So he has really deep relationships with most of the people that we work with. And before the space opened, um, we had a wish list. We had a short list of artists that we really wanted to work with. And it, it was a process, you know, um, we have very close and deep relationships with with most of the artists that started out with us um and it's it's a friendship it's a mentorship they teach us things they uh you know keep us honest they to to the mission at least you know uh which is to really you know um elevate uh their work but widely elevate the art history of the region that we come from because really up until now it's, it was largely written out of the canon, really unknown, and it's it, and it was very hard to uncover. And what what do you enjoy most about being a gallerist? I love being the bridge. Actually, I love working with the artists, learning from them, um, because they see the world in a very different way to how I see it. So you know, every single artist brings something completely new, a completely new perspective that uh, to life that I, I may not have known before if I hadn't met and worked with them. But I also really love working with collectors. And I suppose what gives me the, the greatest pleasure is to surprise and to um, really uh, show collectors the depth and the, and the mastery that, that our artists have. Um, people that would have never seen or heard of the things that we are bringing to the table, like knowing that we're the bridge and we're the conduits of that gives me untold pleasure. That is really the mission of the gallery. And, and when, when, we, when we achieve these milestones, I do feel very much like I'm in the right place. Yeah, that's wonderful. And can you comment on what some of your biggest challenges have been? Um, <laughs> we've had so many challenges. I mean, I guess when we first opened the space in Ethiopia, that was probably at the time could have been considered a very crazy idea only because there's no infrastructure. There was very few galleries that could, that survived and to really try to bridge a gap to the 
mainstream Western market directly from Ethiopia was really a heavy lift. It was something, um, you know, we were betting on, but <laughs> it was it was more destined to fail than to succeed, if, I, if I'm honest with you, because there's just um, a range of infrastructure problems, electricity, internet, shipping, the whole gambit of things. Um, all of those things were hard. So I think that that was the, the biggest move that gave us the biggest problems. But then I would say after that, it was really trying to establish a reputation and a brand that um, fairs, collectors, artists will all trust and um, see as a kind of purpose-driven gallery. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a gallery in Ethiopia and you have a gallery in London. Mm-hmm. Can you compare the collectors from each of those or are they like the same? Um, no, they're very different. And and we, we've done it in this way for very specific reasons. So in terms of the collector base, what we really wanted to do on the ground, say in Ethiopia, was to really incubate and grow a collector base, right? So just the same way we, we're there for the artists to incubate them and to be there for them kind of in close um, proximity, we, we also are there for the collector base. Um, there's a very small um, market there, a small collector base, but also there and also we're not linked in with the wider market and how the wider market functions. So we're there for them. And then, you know, our London space is important to us because not everybody comes to Ethiopia, right? So it's not, Ethiopia is not um, a place where um, is a center of, of the art world. And actually it, it, it makes it really difficult for a lot of our clients to engage with us if we're only there. So we're here for the wider client base, but also we're here for the diaspora artists who are also very important in the in historical canon of, of, um, of our region because we've had waves of, of migration throughout the decades. So there are a lot of artists who live in Europe, US, pretty much all over the world um, that we engage with and uh, we use the London Gallery to really kind of work with them. Mm-hmm. How do you prefer to work with collectors? I think working with collectors is very much a one-to-one relationship, just like with the artists, right? So I think um, we have a, a base, a collector base who we keep up to speed uh, with all of our uh, all of our artists and, and their um, trajectories. We use uh, tech and social media to really disseminate information. And we're, especially things like Instagram have been really interesting way of capturing younger a younger audience that we've now taken into the fold fairs are really important to us as well this is where we meet um, a great number of curators and new uh, collectors but really the the people who are um, that support the program tend to become very close friends tend to become very close collaborators and supporters of the gallery so that's that's the way I, I love to work with uh, with our collectors they become part of the story, part of the journey. What do you feel is the role of the artist? I mean, I think artists are here to really tell or share their perspective on our our shared experience, I think. And the variety of ways in which artists can do that, I'm always so in awe because not being an artist myself, just (laughs) being a fan of the visual arts, I find it so... Um, inspiring that uh, you know artists can tell 
can can express our our kind of collective condition in in so many different um, ways. So I think that is the role of the artist to make us question who we are, what we're doing. Um, are we um, are we living well? Are we you know what what's happening around us and how and maybe giving us a, another point of view how we should interpret how, what we're experiencing. Do you feel black art can be defined? Um, this is a difficult one. I think with I think the the term black art or African art, to my view, they're too wide of a concept because if we just even narrow it down to what African art could mean, it could mean many things. You know, it it it's kind of an umbrella term for a different a, a number of types of people, a number number of uh, histories, a number of art histories, and so on. So I think that there are attempts to make definitions for this, and I think it is important for understanding, cataloging, and all, on all of that. But um, I would always urge people to be very wary and mindful that we don't categorize these terms and make them very narrow um, visual expressions, right? So we don't want to say black art is this specific thing because that will just be um, going from kind of one stereotypical thing to another and then to another. Rather, I would love people to um, just have an open mind of what African art or black art could be because it actually could be anything. <laughs> and one of the things that um, I'm really proud of the gallery is, you know, we are an African gallery, but we are representing quite a narrow program, you know, a regional program where we are working with artists from this specific region, the Horn of Africa region. And really, if you look at our program, it's extremely varied. And we, we're really just scratching the surface of the artists that are being produced from this region. So when people come to our gallery, they're like, oh, you're only dealing with this little part of Africa, but actually there's the depth and the breadth of expression is surprising to a lot and uh, to a lot of people. So I would urge when people think about black art and African art for them to have an open mind because there's so much that is that hasn't been uncovered and there's so much that's been ignored historically that it's such an exciting and wide kind of area of art. Can you comment on how the Black Lives Matter movements here in the US is impacting what you see in London and Ethiopia, and and also how it's impacting collectors. Hmm. I think um, that this movement was very important um, in general, just because it it really asked the question as to you know why the exclusion, so especially within institutions in the U.S. Right. So why do we only have male and white artists represented in such volume when everyone else seems to not get a look in. I think that question is really valid and it needs answering, you know, and I think that this movement has made um, it a priority for people to try to at least address these these imbalances because it, it needs it needs addressing, right? Um. Yes. <laughs> are are there tr uh, are there trends that you find disturbing? Um, yeah, I think that if, if we think about Africa in general, even outside of the visual arts, when we when people think about Africa, and I say people within the the Western uh, lens, it tends to be compressed 
or you know one aspect or one thing about Africa tends to be oh that's everywhere in Africa you know this this concept of Africa is not a country comes to mind um that that is that is really hard to combat but especially in the visual arts when if there is like a specific country or a specific aesthetic that is is becoming popular that becomes the bastion or the flag bearer for all of Africa and i find that really hard to combat because i think it's you know people want something easy to say oh yes this is that's what african art looks like but africa is actually a really really huge continent to begin with and it's probably one of the most diverse places on earth right so if we take a place like ethiopia for example 110 million people 80 languages 80 customs all distinct from each other um that's just one country right so i think that when we think about africa in general that this i this um tendency to just compress it all into the things that are easily accessed um is really difficult um and i would always encourage i will always say that you need to have a completely open mind you would not know what you're going to find if you delve into this continent in terms of its visual arts because there's a diversity of stories histories people and experiences so i think that that's the one thing i would watch i, I would want everybody to watch out for when they're thinking about african art and and collecting african art yeah. It's amazing, 80 languages within one yeah. group. It's just... Uh, yeah. uh, we're, <laughs> we're so spoiled here in the United States, you know, in many ways. But anyway. I think that makes Africa so interesting for that reason, right? So right. everywhere else in the world, you feel like things have homogenized, kind of, we, we kind of know what's what. But then, you know, I, I feel like Africa has been neglected so much culturally and the discovery is happening now and we should all be super excited we should all, you know it's it's um it, it's a, a gift to the world if you like <laughs> with all of these things that have not yet been discovered and and artists that are working um that have not been seen so i i think it makes it a very interesting area of art i, I would say yes and an interesting time yeah um so what are what are you excited about now um, there's lots to be excited about, actually. Um, the gallery has really, you know, surpassed some of my expectations, actually, of what we could have uh, achieved by now. We're six years old. And um, this year has, has been, well, 2021 actually has been a bit of a watershed year. We um, opened our permanent space in London in October. We also um, participated in Freeze London for the first time in the same month. And uh, we have a wonderful artist by the name of Mary Koka Burhanu, who has been invited to be in the main um, show at the Venice Biennial um, coming up in April. So really um, just a huge number of milestones I feel like we've passed this year. And, you know, we're very proud of particularly um, the story about Mary Koka Burhanu because, you know, she's an artist that spent 15 years um, in Ethiopia, just really practicing for herself because, um, you know, she wasn't making a living from her art. Her art was pretty much invisible to the market. And, you know, in, in three short years, we've managed to share her art at the highest levels. We've given her group, we've given her shows, we've, we've shown her at Armory and Freeze, and now she's at Venice. So I am very excited 
um, about her trajectory. She's such a deserving, wonderful artist. And yeah, I'm just really excited to see where she goes from here. That's wonderful. And it you must it must feel so rewarding. <laughs> all the accomplishments and to work with, you know, individuals who are talented and you can just help, you know, promote their careers. Um, yeah, it must be very, very rewarding. No, we're we're this is one of our biggest I I, w- I was saying this to my husband the other day. I was like, if everything stopped today, that would be the one thing I'd be so proud of. Um this gallery has has done a lot for kind of just what people think even when they think about Ethiopia, um, if they're in the visual arts before, it could have been just a blank, you know, nothing. Whereas now, at least there are a a few artists and conversations that have happened that really can change the narrative of of an entire region. And I think that's actually a really big achievement in general, you know, outside of the individual artists that we've managed to, to work with. It's the collective story that I feel like is more important um, to a degree. Are, are you ever concerned that this interest in Black art and African art is a, a trend? Absolutely. Um, and actually, this has always been on our minds from the beginning. And when we took the decision to just really focus on a specific region, it was with this issue in mind um, because what we felt as if people don't or if collectors or the market doesn't doesn't have institutions that can go deep into a, a particular art history then the art history kind of gets cobbled together and then it, it, it can become a trend you know so that's why we've decided you know we, we're going to work for with artists from this region we'll work with super young artists and self-taught artists but we'll also work with artists that that had are graduates of the art school we'll work with the instructors and 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 the modernists you know the whole gambit of this region so that we can somehow um link together all of these stories and build a deeper understanding of what it means to be an artist from this region but also you know bring, weaving in all of the diaspora stories so we have a wider version um, a wider view of what artists in, from this region are concerned about and are talking about in this in this contemporary world so uh, yeah it is a concern but i feel like there will be kind of when when the trend ends or when when people move on i think there will still be important um, galleries or institutions that are now developing on the on the continent, who will still be able to um, engage and carry the baton for for a long longer term, you know, with with a longer term view. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've enjoyed our talk. Uh, it was informative and educational. It's good to get a perspective that's uh, not U.S. based. Um, <laughs> so this is our final question, and as a gallerist. Uh, how do you want to impact the art world? Um, this is a good question. We're um, a gallery that is really, I want to be known as a gallery that has a deep understanding of this region, right? So the Horn of Africa region, we want to be the go-to place um, for uh, education, artists, and kind of um, conversation about this region because I think that we already are just because it was such a hard um, uh, area for others to come in and and look at it we really felt like we had to do it from the inside out and I think our contribution to the art world is showing another perspective just like 
are the artists that we pick that have a, a real kind of singular voice in the things that they're doing. I feel like this gallery is similar in that we have a very singular mission and our contribution is to be steadfast to that mission and to educate and to keep pushing the agenda for artists from from a region that really largely the, the, the wider market has completely either has written off or it's just too hard to get into, you know? So that's our contribution. We're, we're this, we, we're a conduit and we, I want, we want to be able to stay doing that job for, um, you know, years or even decades to come. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Well, thank you again for your time. This is an insightful conversation and I, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.